You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. This is Ron Bachman. You're on America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. Today, I want to talk about one of the most critical issues in healthcare today. And there's an inside the industry term that's used for it. It's called transparency, health transparency. Now, that name might conjure up some image of being able to see through and trying to understand, and so there's some validity to using that term. I personally don't like it. Personally, I prefer when we talk about healthcare transparency around information and pricing in particular. I'd rather use the term right to know. A patient has a right to know what the cost of the service is. The hospitals have too long argued that their pricing is proprietary, that transparency doesn't mean anything to them because they've negotiated contracts and disclosing those contracts discloses proprietary information. But there's a key decision that's just been made by courts. And I want to go over today some of the issues and some of the results and the court decision. But let's start with an article that was written about health transparency. And it's by an author, um, Ryan Blaze, who wrote an excellent article. And it's, I think it's in Health Affairs. So I want to give proper credit where credit is due here. But I want to talk about and read through even some of his writing because it's so important. It's so well said. Well, Brian starts off by pointing out one of the most obvious studies and information that should be intuitively obvious. He says it's extremely rare that 9 in 10 people agree with a political position. Given the disagreement across our country these days, taking a political position around an economic issue hasn't always been easy. But 88% of Americans believe that the government should require hospitals and insurers to disclose prices. So this really isn't a political argument anymore. When 88% of the people believe that they should require disclosure of prices. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about hospitals disclosing prices? Well, you know, Americans shop for all sorts of items. And Americans obtain the most benefit when shopping for items that represent the largest parts of their budget. And with wide price variations they can make some reasonable choices on quality versus price versus convenience versus availability. So after housing, healthcare represents the largest component of family budgets. And of that second largest component of family budgets, hospital care accounts for nearly 45% of all spending. So there are numerous studies that show significant variations in hospital prices across hospitals and even within hospitals and for the same procedure by the same physician. Thus, conditions are ripe for healthcare shopping to produce significant benefits 
there are a lot of services that we can stack up side by side and make price comparisons. We have a certain propensity to want to use certain doctors or hospitals just because we know them. They may have a good brand, they may have a good reputation, but we really don't know how they compare in terms of cost. Why? Because the industry has been fighting that for so long. Both doctors and hospitals don't really even know themselves many times what they're going to be reimbursed. Uh, they, don't, they won't know until a bill is submitted so that the insurance company who does the reimbursement can run it through their processes and figure out how much a particular contract or particular provision of an agreement is going to say this is how much we're going to pay for that service. And so it really has never been designed for the consumer. The consumer is not in this transaction at all. It's really a transaction between the hospital and the insurance company, between the doctor and the insurance company. That's what we call a third-party reimbursement system. The consumer is not empowered, and so as a result, the consumer doesn't even get a chance to go shopping. But as we'll see in a few minutes, there's studies out there that say the consumer is taking more and more interest because they have higher and higher deductibles. And when you have a higher deductible, it means the patients are coming out of pocket. And they would like to know how much they're going to come out of pocket. And can they come out with the selection of a service, a provider, or a type of care that actually will save them money so that they don't have to come out of pocket with as much as they might otherwise? Well, the Galen Institute has done a study on healthcare price transparency, and they determined that there are four key benefits. One, better informed consumers and patients. Well, that's kind of obvious. Two, better informed employers that can help workers shop for value. Large employers in particular have large human resource and benefit managers, and they can call through information. They can identify where there is more cost-effective services that are available. And many of them are doing that today, and when they can, with the limited information that's out there, they can incentivize and reward employees for actually using more cost-effective services that give the same type of quality care and testing and results that somebody else has. So that's good for the consumer because they can get rewards and incentives if they'll follow the information that the employers can identify. So those are two right there, better informed consumers and better informed employers. The third benefit is the improved ability for employers to monitor, ensure effectiveness and eliminate counterproductive middlemen. So there's a lot of people out there that are doing claim audits, they're doing reimbursement challenges, there's lawyers gets involved. So information would allow employers who have resources to monitor insurance company effectiveness. The fourth item of benefit is there could be general public pressure on these high-cost providers. I think people would have some level of shock, their eyes wide, made wide open, if they realize that that hospital down the street, that doctor that they have such great affection for, 
that they've been going to maybe their whole life will find out the cost of those particular providers is double, triple, maybe even 10 times the cost of what they could get someplace else. How can a consumer even shop if they don't know? So price transparency obviously leads to more shopping by consumers and helps employers establish payment models so that their workers can maximize the value of their health care spending. The great news is that increased shopping by some consumers in certain areas cause providers, particularly high-priced ones, to lower their prices. Perhaps even more important, there are spillover effects. People benefited who did not shop as providers lowered their prices for everyone, not just for active shoppers. That's a fact of economics. It doesn't take everyone shopping. It doesn't take everyone out there looking at prices to make a difference. Because when a provider lowers their price, everybody then benefits, whether you were part of the original shopping group or not. And the only way to change the marketplace, the only way to create a free market, a private market that's responsive to consumers, is if those providers lose customers. That's not a concept that's been very prevalent in the healthcare industry. If you lose customers in a normal marketplace, the owners of that business, the CEOs, the stockholders, will require a review of the pricing. Are you charging too much? Therefore, we're losing customers because somebody down the street can do just as well, has just as good of providers, has just as good of equipment, can provide it sooner, better, faster, more convenient. So I better be competitive with them or I'm going to lose my business and go out of business. That's what has to happen in a private market, in a free market. And it cannot happen unless there is price transparency That is why consumers have the right to know what the prices are. So we said 88%. Well, who in the world is the extra 12%? Well, one thought, maybe half-jokingly, is that that's all the people working in the healthcare industry, working in the hospitals that don't want the challenge of having more prices. So the hospitals are currently suing the Trump administration who put out an administrative rule that we had a separate program on a couple months ago that said it was probably the biggest change in health care since Obamacare, that the Trump administration put out an executive order that said hospitals and doctors have got to start identifying and posting prices electronically. Now, hospitals will say they've been doing that for a long time, but they've been posting what some call charge master prices, which are artificial. Nobody pays charge master prices except maybe those people who are uninsured. It's the undiscounted rates that have no basis in actual cost. Hospitals sort of make it up and they've been around for decades and have lost any kind of relationship to reality. So the Trump administration is forcing hospitals to post prices, forcing doctors to post prices, And it's not saying every service that's ever done, but it's saying those services that are common, that people use, and we'll get into some of the information as to the frequency of which those um, services are provided. There's no reason why they can't be identified as what the prices are. 
So there's a court ruling going on, and we're going to talk about that before the end of this hour. Because a little advance, we have a ruling. But I want to lay out the issues first so that you understand the importance of the ruling. Hospitals, along with insurers, are threatened, did threaten to sue over a second rule proposed the same time as the first uh, executive order that requires pricing transparency from insurers. So now both insurance company and hospitals are required to post prices. Hospitals and insurers have several dubious arguments as to why Americans should remain in the dark about their health care costs. So hospitals claim that hiding prices allows them to offer large discounts to insurance companies. Well, what a joke. First, the claim should be greeted skeptically, like I just said. Like every rational economic factor, hospitals aim to maximize their profits, not to reduce them. So they're hiding it to increase their profits. Well, we're getting pretty deep into this, and I want to lead up to the ultimate court case that was just decided. So let's take a quick break, and let's come back, and let's talk about price transparency and its importance to you, the listener out there, and to your family. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Healthcare Insight here on America's Web Radio. Uh, today we're talking about price transparency, the importance of it. Uh, for those of you listening to the first section, I hope you're getting the flavor of how the uh, health insurance industry, the healthcare provider industry, doctors and the hospitals have been fighting health transparency for decades. There must be a reason. They benefit from it. So what we want to do is really want to open up and look at the reasons that they were claiming, the reasons why they're false, and take a look at the court case that's recently come out on price transparency because the Trump administration has made probably the biggest change in health care reform by signing an executive order requiring hospitals and insurance companies and doctors to begin to post actual prices of common services. So just think about what I said at the end of the last session. Hospitals claim that hiding prices allows them to offer large discounts to insurance companies. You know, how do you even address that from the standpoint of logic, that if I don't tell you what the price is, 
I'm going to be able to give bigger discounts to somebody else, but you're going to get shafted in the in the process. The fact that they're so opposed to efforts in Washington and state capitals, which have been trying to increase transparency, to require them to disclose prices suggests they believe that easily accessible pricing information will reduce their profits. How absurd! They've done everything they can to avoid price transparency over decades. States have been trying to get them to do it. They'll pass legislation, but there's a lot of smart people that are in those hospital administrative offices and in those doctor's offices. They always seem to find a way to work around it. Even when the issue of transparency on the quality of the service has been suggested. Let's rate hospitals and doctors based upon their outcomes. They say, well, it's not fair. Everybody has different patient mixes and some get more serious conditions than others. And so it's not fair to try to even compare on outcomes. But when they're presented with formulation that recognizes that called risk adjusters, that you can normalize those differences and then compare people they still don't want to do that when hospitals who provide all the basically the same services are risk adjusted then they don't want to provide the actual information so they say to the state legislators with they where they pay a lot of money they do a lot of campaign contributions they talk to legislators into saying well okay We'll just put in maybe a green light, a yellow light, a red light. Nobody really gets the red lights. And there's a lot of mealy mouth discussion, softening of the data, a misrepresentation, making it difficult for consumers to access the information. All that's been going on for decades. Nobody's really solved it. Nobody really had the guts to solve it because politicians were so dependent upon the campaign contributions of doctors and hospitals individually and, more importantly, their associations in Washington and the state capitals. They put a lot of money into the pockets for re-election of politicians, and we know what happens then. The politicians water down what the consumer really needs in order to serve the politicians' need to get re-elected. Well, like him or not, President Trump isn't beholden to those kinds of associations and campaign contributions. He's rich enough that he could camp, put enough money into his campaign to finance it himself. So he's not beholden to those kinds of special interests. And that's what he campaigned on the first time around. And he's living up to that promise of thinking about the consumer, the the voter out there that likes what he's doing, of course, every politician wants to do that, but most of them can't because the money involved behind the scenes. So there's nothing wrong with trying to reach out to your constituents, especially if 88% of the population says this ought to be done. That's more than your own constituents. That's just doing good for public good. Well, the other arguments that hospitals make and insurers is that Revealing their prices will lead to collusion and cause prices to actually increase. I don't know where their backward thinking comes from, but lawyers can put together all sorts of arguments and make them sound reasonable like concern. 
What were their concerns? That collusion could result in price transparency? Well, that seems totally unjustified. Local markets are now characterized by a limited number of providers, particularly hospitals, because they've consolidated so much in the past years. And they engage in repeated interactions. They already tend to know the knowledge of each other's payment rates. They're not supposed to, but they find out because there's such interaction between the hospitals and hiring and firing and they know what's going on because there's only two or three hospitals in many communities. It's not really a competitive marketplace. Moreover, hospitals and other providers already provide consumers with pricing information, what's called an explanation of benefits documents when they bill patients. Now, we also know that explanation of benefits are very confusing. In fact, it's probably one of the only documents that you and I receive where on the top of it, it says, this is not a bill, don't pay it. Because we don't know what to pay until that explanation of benefits and the information is sent from a hospital to an insurance company. Then we'll get a notice from the insurance company as to how much we need to pay. So even having any information on the explanation of benefits is just about that one service. It's really not transparency if I'm shopping for where I want to go. If I want to identify the provider that I want to give get my services from. So insurers likewise claim that they're already getting the best discount and that revealing prices will hurt their ability to negotiate discounts and save employers and families money. Yet it's more likely that insurers have been failing the American employers and families for decades, in large part because health insurance is more than prepayment of medical care for actual insurance. Insurers benefit from higher health care spending because they often take a percentage of the total premium collection. Larger premium collections therefore lead to greater profits for insurers. Let me see if I can unpack that a little bit. Is it to the benefit of an insurance company to have lower health care costs? And the answer to that is if the insurance company has taken a certain percentage of the premium to cover those health care costs. It actually helps the insurance company to have higher health care costs because then they can have higher premiums so that their percentage of those premiums gives them more profits. In a 2019 RAND study, it found that insurers pay more than twice Medicare rates for inpatient care and nearly three times Medicare rates for outpatient care on average. So what's been happening to the general public outside of government programs? Medicare is basically insurance for the people above age 65 and Medicaid is insurance for poor folks. Well, this study looked at Medicare, the coverage for older folks. And what they're saying there is that the rates that insurers pay for an employer on behalf of an employer. When you and I go into the hospital as sort of the working general middle class population that has insurance through their employer, insurers pay twice what government pays for inpatient care and three times for outpatient care. So what's happening is there is a, a shifting of the cost. We're not all paying fair prices for the same service. 
Medicare is paying half or a third of what your employer pays or if you're self-insured, what you would pay or if you have an individual policy, what your insurance company would have to pay. Therefore, your insurance premiums are higher. Keep in mind that in order to get the kind of health care we're talking about, you have to have health insurance to finance that care. So the two are interconnected here. So higher health care costs actually helps health insurers. And I can tell you this, as an actuary, that was always true. I never had a CEO come to me and say, how about lowering the cost of health insurance? I said, I can't because health care is so expensive. I can't control that. We've negotiated rates. I can't get them any lower. Fine. We just continue to charge whatever it takes and use that as the argument. So while it's unknown what the optimal price point is because it's abundant third-party payment and many government-induced distortions, private insurers almost certainly are paying well above what is necessary since almost every provider takes Medicare. So there's that cost shifting that's going on. Transparency will help that because clearly there's an in-between ground where costs can be lower for health care but no one really needs to because no one knows what actual costs are. Moreover, people can secure better deals if they don't use insurance. That's an amazing statement. People can actually secure better deals if they don't use their insurance, but you'd have to know what to do. In 2016, a Wall Street Journal investigation found that hospitals frequently offer far better deals to people who pay cash rather than use their insurance. Now, for those of you out there who may have a high bill yet to be paid to a hospital, but your cost-sharing portion, what the the insurance company didn't pay is still outstanding, and you're being badgered with collectors or with letters or with phone calls about how much you owe to the hospital, keep this in mind because it's very important. Hospitals will negotiate with you directly. They'll take cash and discount. Their prices dramatically in order to get that account paid and off the books. What you may not know is that hospitals cannot offer you a discount, but you can ask for one, and that opens the door where they can actually accept a payment. But for some reason, regulations, some laws, I don't know exactly why, but the hospitals cannot offer you a better deal. I think it has to do with their Medicare reimbursements and being a most favored nation status. So if they offered you a deal, they would have to offer it to the government programs if it's less than what they get paid by the federal government. But you can ask, you can negotiate, you can offer them a certain amount of money that's at any level, and it's up to them then to accept, and they do. How much? How much can you save? Well, cash prices, after being analyzed by an economist, named Larry Van Horn, he found that cash prices average 40% below the rates that insurers pay. Isn't that amazing? 40% below. Well, I hope you're getting some nuggets of information here during this hour, and we've run up against another commercial break. So let's take that break, and let's come back, keep talking about transparency, the need for it, and what this court ruling actually amounted to. We'll be back in just a minute. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. Let's um, continue with our discussion here on Healthcare Insight as we look into healthcare transparency, both on the provider side, that is the hospitals and doctors, and on the insurance company side. Why wouldn't anybody be for health transparency, price transparency, quality transparency? Well, hospitals and insurers, as well as many policy experts, supposed policy experts there in Washington, D.C., and in various liberal think tanks around the country, they're fond of central planning. They claim that health care is too complicated and not ideally suited for shopping. It's not like other retail services that we shop for. And while it is true that individuals dealing with a medical emergency are generally unable to shop for services, most healthcare transactions are for routine, elective, or non-emergency care. The vast majority of healthcare services are routine and elective that can be organized by markets to enhance patient welfare and understanding. One study found that emergency department spending is roughly 6% of the total U.S. healthcare spending, so those prices can be posed for whenever people do have emergencies. Another study classified 43% of healthcare spending as shoppable, and another 11% of spending on prescription drugs is an item that's generally shoppable. We can go online and find out the cost of prescription drugs. We used to be told that that was too complicated. So distinguishing between shoppable and non-shoppable healthcare services is important, and encouraging normal market economic forces to govern the shoppable transactions constituting the majority of the sector is really the right move to make. It's hard to imagine otherwise. Why in the world would we have a market that we don't know the prices for? That the negotiated rates are hidden from us? Of course, we don't know what the negotiated rates are at Costco or Sam's or Target. That's something that is between the manufacturer and the company. But as consumers, we have the choice to go to Target or Walmart, or Sam's, or any place else we want to go to shop the actual price that we can find on the internet from those companies. How much profit margin they make may be different based upon their expenses, on their cutting of costs from the manufacturer to the store, what their supply chain is, all those things. We don't have to know that as consumers. We just need to know what the end price is and not the supply chain prices and differentials along the way. Most people will probably be shocked to know what typical cost is from somebody who actually develops or manufactures something to when it actually goes to wholesale and then to retail. Well, the reality is, on average, it typically doubles at each level. So if something costs $100 to make, they typically sell it for $200, and that covers their expenses 
and a profit margin. And that's called selling to wholesale. Well, then the wholesaler has to sell it to a retailer. And so they mark it up another 50, 100%. So it would go from $200 to $400. So the actual cost of most things that we buy is probably only a quarter of the cost to actually make the product. The rest is the supply chain profits, the distribution, the transportation, the expenses, the taxes, all that kind of stuff built in. That's just normal economics. That's why also a lot of people try to sell direct from the manufacturer. It's also why people sell directly on the Internet to sort of cut out some of the middlemen. Now, you have to have a good distribution system to get the word out of what it is you're selling and try to get your um, your buyers to your website. So there's all sorts of different distribution systems that are possible that cut down some of that cost, but that's typically what happens. Now, there's another claim about healthcare that they say is different from regular retail products. And the claim is that healthcare is just too complicated and that's pretty paternalistic. I was saying you're too stupid to really understand. It doesn't recognize that people will rely on various things that give them feedback, whether it's uh, something like a website Yelp or just that they're talking to their neighbor, that they're passing information through um, Facebook about what they bought or who's doing a good job or what the prices are of something. They do all that for current purchases, and it will happen for healthcare. Technology has made it easier than ever to research prices for housing, vacation, electronics, and hundreds of other products and services. Transparent, accessible healthcare pricing will also lead to entrepreneurs to develop better tools, both on price and quality, and allow for phone apps to help facilitate shopping for healthcare services. Now, it's true that Americans, both employers and families, will need to become more comfortable with shopping for health care. They typically haven't done it. But the newer generation seems to be grabbing hold of those possibilities in shopping for health care services, doing online, telemedicine, and also they'd look at it in terms of the price and the value that they get. So the need for better health care shoppers actually, in recent years, has had a surprising spurt of growth, mainly because of the high deductible health plans that are now out there. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, 30% of covered workers were enrolled in a high deductible health plan in 2019, triple the percentage from a decade earlier. So when the dollars are coming out of your pocket because you have a high deductible plan, you're more likely to want to shop. It eliminates some of that third-party distortion that goes on typically and has for many years where if the insurance company is the one paying all the bill and you really have very low deductibles, very low cost sharing, you don't really care what it costs. In fact, somehow it seems to distort it on the high side. In other words, since you're not paying, you just assume something that costs more is better. But that's not always true. So getting people involved in the cost of their own care, even if it's through a high deductible plan, which is driving some of this interest now, uh, that's going to be a good thing for all consumers. 
A random sample of U.S. adults over the age of 18 showed that 36% used the Internet or a mobile app during the previous year to compare quality and cost of medical services when it was available. That's up from just 14% of respondents only a few years earlier in 2012. And the increase is being driven more by millennials than anything else. So the best recipe for reform is a competitive market with abundant consumer choice so healthcare can function more like other economic sectors. In fact, smaller and rural hospitals, which have been devastated in the last few years under Obamacare, may have some advantage in a more competitive market as they're often lower cost because their real estate costs, their local tax costs are less than some of the urban areas. So some of the services that you might want can be better performed at a lower cost in rural areas. And if we have the same transparency on quality, we find that some of those rural hospitals have just as good a quality, maybe lower infection rates. Because when you go into a hospital, a lot of bad things can happen to you from so many other people using those hospital facilities. Infection rates, all sorts of illnesses that you can pick up. So price secrecy Price secrecy helps hospitals and insurers increase their profits by minimizing competitive forces so their opposition to it is understandable. However, price secrecy harms consumers looking to maximize the value they receive from the healthcare system, as well as employers who foot a large share of the nation's healthcare tab and employees who ultimately bear the tab of lower wages. Now, one important thing that I haven't really touched on with all this impact of the price sequency and hospitals in particular using what they call the charge masters, which they'll publish. They put those out there, but they are meaningless, as we've talked about many times. Who pays that charge master cost? Well, the insurance companies don't pay it because they negotiate rates. The federal government doesn't pay it because they set the prices that they'll accept and require uh, from uh, doctors and hospitals. So that's all set. Nobody's impacted by that cost, the charge master. But there is one group, about some estimate 10% of the population that is impacted. And that's people who are uninsured. There may be people who are uninsured or entrepreneurs starting up their own business. They may be people who, who are what I call the working poor. They're working for a small and employer may be under 10 lives and their employer can't afford to have insurance and so they don't really have the option to have employer sponsored, employer subsidized health insurance. They have to go on the market and buy a policy on their own if they can even qualify. But if they don't have any insurance, they're the only ones that the hospitals would be charging the charge master cost, which is ridiculous because most insurance companies get discounts of 80 to 90% or even more off of those. So there's no reason why the uninsured, the most vulnerable among us, and exposed for the cost of health care, have to pay that cost that's 10, 12 times higher than what anybody else pays. It's just not right. But you know why the hospitals do that? Because then they can say, if they can't get reimbursement, that that's charity care. 
and they add up to charity care and it sounds like a whole lot, but it really was really based on the false numbers because they report charity care based upon their charge master. So we really need a new system. We need a system that recognizes that medical care services and Medicare medical care prices can be viewed just like any other retail product. Consumers should have a choice, an option. They should know what the price is if they go inpatient to get it, outpatient hospital, outpatient services at a doctor's office. Maybe it's just an office visit. Maybe the lab can be done at the doctor's office, or does it have to be done outside by a third party? Can it be done over the telephone? Can it be done via video on a telemedicine call? What are the options? And I can get the same service that I ultimately need, but I don't need to go into an expensive emergency room just because I have some concern, don't know where else to go. We're going to have to learn how to use the healthcare system effectively, efficiently. And we can't do that. We have no interest in doing it. There's nothing driving us to do that if we don't have some skin in the game. And not only is it lower price, but for consumers, it ultimately will mean better quality. Well, that's the basic story around transparency. The issues that were being debated, the false nature of many of those that want to keep prices from the public, don't want to have transparency. And there's a court case. So let's wrap up the final segment of this hour by talking about the court case that was just in this month of June, at the end of June, resolved in the court as the arguments went back and forth between the what I call the health industrial complex and the federal government that seems to be working more for the people and the consumers and the patients. So we'll be right back after this commercial. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the final segment in this week's program on Healthcare Insight. We've been talking about transparency, the pros and cons, some of the issues involved, the discussions. And after all this has happened, there has been a lawsuit behind all this where the industry has been suing the administration as to whether or not they can actually force insurance companies and hospitals and doctors to actually disclose prices. They've been fighting it tooth and nail for years. The uh, Trump executive order 
that um, says they have to do this finally is something that they've been not wanting to do and they've been fighting tooth and nail all the way. So they went to court. Well, what does it really require them to do? What does that executive order from the Trump administration require? It's not earth-shaking, but it will change the world as far as the consumer is concerned. It requires hospitals to post their privately negotiated rates for a list of 300 what are called shoppable services. In the regulation, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services specifies 70 of the services that must be included in every hospital's pricing list. Hospitals are then free to choose the other 230 items themselves. In the event the hospital does not provide all 70 of the services on CMS's list, it's required to specify other services to ensure it provides pricing for a total of 300 items. Wouldn't that be nice for every hospital to post their privately negotiated rates for 300 items? CMS list of 70 services include common physician services, laboratory, pathology services, radiology services, and medical and surgical procedures, requiring all hospitals to disclose pricing for these services is the necessary first step toward facilitating sort of an apples-to-apples price comparison across facilities. What it's also going to do is allow new insurance companies to enter the marketplace knowing what the real price of hospitals are and that the new players can come into the marketplace on the same basis as existing players with pricing that will give them at least a level playing field, a chance to compete and grow against the big national companies that have kept this information proprietary for far too long. So what's happened with that federal suit? Well, on June 23rd, 2020, so a week ago from when I'm taping this program, a federal judge has upheld the Trump administration policy that requires hospitals and health insurers to publish their negotiated prices for health services, numbers that are typically kept silent, as we've been saying. Now they have to do it, and a judge has so said. Now, they could appeal to the Supreme Court, I suppose, but I don't think that's going to work as well. So this ruling is in place and will continue to be implemented. Most of it coming into play on um, January 1st, 2021. The policy is a major push by the administration to improve transparency in health care. As I've said before, this is a big game changer. It may not seem like much. It may be in the weeds. It may be kind of um, unknown by many people out there as to what's really happening, what this legal case is all about. But the insurance people, the health providers, the hospitals, the doctors know how important this is and how impactful it's going to be and helpful to the consumer, although they've been fighting it. So insurers and health providers usually negotiate these deals behind closed doors. They're written contracts, and sometimes the contracts themselves say they can't be disclosed. And patients rarely know the cost of services until after the fact, and they get that explanation of benefits, which is a very confusing document. Well, the administration officials said more price transparency would lead to lower and more predictable prices in the industry that has huge ranges in what insurers pay for services. For example, a simple blood test. 
can cost anywhere from $11 to $1,000. Coronavirus tests that we've been going through lately show a similar variation. Can you believe that the prices can range anywhere from $27 to $2,300? But in a lawsuit, the American Hospital Association said the administration did not have the legal authority to require the publication of negotiated prices, arguing that publication of those prices would have a perverse effect on pricing, that it would make prices go up. Well, this past Tuesday, Judge Carl Nichols disagreed. In his decision, Nichols found that hospitals were attacking transparency measures generally in a bid to limit patients' insight into medical prices. Hospitals may be affected by market changes and need to respond to a market where consumers are more empowered, he wrote, stating that was not enough reason to make the rule unlawful. Just because people are going to have to adjust and change, hospitals are going to have to start posting, do it electronically online, respond to the criticism that their prices are too high, respond to the market forces that other hospitals are lower for the same service. All that's going to happen. Judge Nichols, who was appointed to the D.C. Circuit Court last year, also rejected the hospital's other arguments, that the new rules would create overwhelming administrative burdens, that increased transparency might actually drive up the costs. Traditional economic analysis suggests to the agency that informed consumers would put pressure on providers to lower costs increase the quality of care. That's what Judge Nichols wrote. He has a great insight as to what's happening in the marketplace. I mean, just think of the logic of this and how impactful it's going to be. The administration has said, we need to know what the cost of your services are. Would a consumer tolerate that in any other market for any other product that you wouldn't know what the price was? Think if somebody else was... I don't know, let's take a quick example. Paying for your furniture, you had furniture insurance. And when you go when to go buy furniture, you say, well, I don't really care what the price is because somebody else is paying. Yeah, I've got a co-insurance or a deductible. But wouldn't it be nice to know what the cost of that couch was so that if you have a high deductible plan, you would know what your the cost was? Of course you would. Everybody would want to know that. And it's obviously very logical that you cannot have a free market without price transparency so that consumers can shop. Consumers can decide which option they want. They want choices. They want convenience. They want products when they want it, how they want it. And they want it usually now. They don't want to have to wait to find out what the cost is after the fact, after they've already had the service. How would that work if you wanted to find out what the cost of the couch was after you've already bought it? You wait for your bill to come in from American Express or MasterCard, and then you find out, oh, that's how much it cost. I mean, the current system we have is very distorted. The insurers, the doctors, the hospitals, they know that. It's a game they've been playing against the American people for a long time. And the real key here, for anybody who's really listening that's interested in free markets, is that the only reason it's existed to this point is because of the corruption of politics and lobbyists paying for politicians' votes. 
politicians were scared to go against hospitals and doctors. They're a powerful group. American Medical Association. The Hospital Association. They have enormous amount of money that they lobby in Washington and at the state level. I've seen it firsthand. I tried to get some legislation passed in a state, and I'll even give a state in Georgia, that was consumer-oriented. It passed the Senate in Georgia very easily, got through there, because it was good legislation, it provided flexibility, it provided choices, provided more coverage for when the individual wanted it. It didn't mandate coverage. It offered more choices and options and flexibility of the type of service and when you got it, where you got it. That legislation then went to the Georgia House of Representatives, got assigned to the insurance department, uh, the insurance committee, not the insurance department, the insurance committee of the House. That insurance committee of the House the chairman, if not the members. I won't point fingers to one person. The chairman or the members of the committee, I believe, were bought and paid for by the insurance industry because they wouldn't even let a hearing go on for legislation that had passed so cleanly and clearly in the Senate. So I've seen firsthand the power of lobbying money, of insurance money, of health care money going to politicians we're told, don't let that legislation even come out of committee. Don't let it even go into committee for discussion because the logic of it would be too powerful. The arguments are too strong. We don't want to debate that. So don't even let it come up. In my example, we had the sponsors from the Senate even go over to the House committee chairman and try to convince him, just, just bring it up. Let's just discuss it. Let's have a debate about it. But the insurance company didn't want that. And so it didn't happen. That's just a simple example. That happens every day in Washington, D.C. It happens every day in state capitals around the country. This is the first time we have a president who doesn't rely on those lobbyist dollars. Yes, he has to fight the power of the lobbyists working with the congressman but in this case, the Trump administration didn't even try to go through the Congress. Oh, they wanted to. But what he did was an executive order. So he could just put that out there. Now, executive orders don't carry the same force of law. A future president can reverse that executive order. But it stands as the rule that has to be implemented now. And it stands there as a beacon, a guideline a structure that ultimately Congress can pass to make it permanent. But at least we have a president who would step forward and help the consumer. Help the consumer make the market a little bit fairer. Help the consumer, the patient, who needs to have that information to make choices on where they spend their dollars, on how they access the healthcare system. We've been talking about this kind of an issue of informed pricing most of my career, and we're talking decades, but no one has had the guts to take this up except President Trump. So I give him kudos for that, and if you're a consumer out there, 
and you may not like some of the other policies that are going on, but 88 to 90% now of the population agrees with the need for price transparency, and you see somebody who actually does it, the consumer ultimately will see the great benefits of this. And be thankful that we had a president was able to take it on and get it passed and get it in place. He may not get credit for it because the full impact of it may be after his next election or after he's out of office before we see the full impact of it. But it'll happen fast. I think we'll see it in 2021, whether he's the president at that point or not. He will have a big impact on health care. So left politicians and the next president reverses all of this for the benefit of the industrial complex of the healthcare industry. We're going to benefit from this as consumers, and that's what I want to see. So thank you for listening all this week. We will get back together again next week, and we'll talk more about other issues on Healthcare Insight. This is Ron Bachman signing off from America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.